0: This is Croy from Vermithrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks.
1: Hi, I'm Matt Marinelli, lead singer of the band Borealis, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks.
2: This is Rick Sander from uh, Ebigre. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. (sighs)
3: Episode 279 of the Iron City Rocks Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have a supersized episode for you this week featuring the bands Evergrey, Borealis, and Vermithrax. All three of these bands will be playing on September 4th at Mr. Smalls, along with Voyager and Oceans of Slumber we start off this episode with an interview with Rick from the band Evergrey. Evergrey has just started their US tour. I recently discovered this band, even though they've been around for some time. I've really enjoyed listening to this band, and their newest album is really kick ass. Evergrey is touring in support of this album. The album's called Hymns for the Broken, which was released last year. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from that album This is King of Errors. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on the phone I have Rick from the band evergrey How are you doing today, Rick? I'm very good, Sean. Thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, talking to us. It's uh it's a pleasure talking to you. Um I must admit I'm kind of new to uh the band evergrey Um I recently picked up hymns for the broken loved it and went back through, you know, the back catalog and whatnot. Um so if you don't mind, you know, talk a little bit about Hymns for the Broken First, that uh, album's been out for about a year now. So can you talk a little bit about um, putting the album together? Uh,
2: Well, we started writing the album. It it was actually just me, Tom and uh, Joanne left in the band. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, we really didn't know uh, know if we were going to make another album. But then then we signed with... um, uh, AFM records and then we pretty much had no choice than to start writing a new right. album. So so we started to write uh, a few songs and um, then uh, coincidentally we, we met Henrik and, uh, and uh, Jonas at a bachelor party <laughs> actually. And we, we, we uh, talked a little bit and we, actually we, we, we ended up jamming <laughs> at that uh, party. Uh, and then um, we kind of felt that we we missed it ch- each other uh, musically and um, we i mean we, we were looking for a drummer and a guitar players and, and uh, well to ma- to make uh, the story a little bit short we we, uh, we asked them and and they were really interested so so and <clears throat> and then we 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 started to write some songs together and Jonas had actually written like a lot uh, wow. d- during the time he, he was away from Evergrey, so he came up with like twenty really good ideas for for songs uh, that re- really sounded Evergrey, ish Right. Yeah, So, so we we felt that uh, this this is going to be great, and it's 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 going to be really fun to make uh, a new album. Uh, so 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 the 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 writing writing was quite easy actually, and, and everything kind of fit into place, um, so um, yeah, and we, and we just continue and then, then um, we recorded it and we mixed it uh, at uh, Jakob Hansen in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if you heard about him, but he, he's done a lot of stuff like Amarant and uh, Volbeat and uh, tons of yeah, yeah. metal productions and it was also a really good match for us and we we really loved the the what, what he did with the material and then we ended up with the with the album and we were really satisfied with the whole whole thing
3: um so with the, the album's been out almost a year i believe it was released last september yeah. um, are you happy with how the album's been received and how it's been doing and the, and the reactions you've been getting from the album
2: yeah, of course we couldn't be more happy. I mean, it, it's like it's our ninth album or something, and 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 people think it's our best album yeah. ever. And I mean, to 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 write your best album at the uh, when you've done so many albums, it, it's it's re, it, it feels awesome for us. When we play out now, we we see the reaction for the new songs, and and I mean. It's it's like the whole, the band has stepped up like one level. Uh, we really feel feel that because they get more and more people at the shows. And uh, so yeah, it feels really good.
3: Um, so would you say maybe like, you know, Jonas and Henrik coming back to the band with that? Uh, did that help make this album as good as it is right now?
2: Yeah, of course. And, I mean the the situation we we were in, we we uh, we lost uh, our uh, the drummer Hannes he he joined Sabaton
4: mm-hmm.
2: and we also lost uh, Marcus uh, Gidel, the guitar player and and I mean we we really didn't know if we were gonna make a new album and then then it was like a blessing for us that uh, Jonas and Henrik showed up and and we we really. I think it was good for us to be part for a while because we we really had uh, good energy when they came came back and it was it's it was good for both parts I think.
3: Right. Now this being your ninth album yeah. um can you talk about how over the years you guys have grown as a band and as musicians?
2: Well, you you I mean me and Tom we worked together now for I don't know 13, 12 13 years. Right. And and uh it it's like you really i mean we we of course we know each other personally after touring so much but but it's like musically i i know how how he works and he knows how I, how i work and uh, it's it's getting it's easier to um come up with new ideas and i mean if we we can um if if is something he doesn't like, he, he can diss it without, uh, right? You know, you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's uh, it's a it's a good thing when you can keep keep together for such a long time. You learn a lot. I mean, it's it's uh, we get through times when it's uh, tough, of course, but it's it's like a it's like a, it's like an old marriage, I guess. If right. you if you can stick to it, you, you really get get a re- reward.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Tour coming up. You guys are hitting the states. You haven't been here for for a little bit. Uh, can you talk about what fans can expect from this show?
2: Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we we're gonna play a, a lot of uh, new songs because we feel that the new songs really have a good uh, live vibe. And mm-hmm. usually, usually it takes a couple of tours when you have new songs before they f- kind of fit in the set, but no no the the new songs really uh, we, we we feel that we do them really well and we feel that uh the the crowd really likes it so it's gonna be a lot of new songs and then we're gonna mix uh, i mean we have nine albums so it's <clears throat> it's hard to to choose a good set but but i i guess we're gonna do some classic ever Gray songs i mean classic for the fans anyway and uh maybe we can um Uh, change songs a little bit as well uh, from from show to show we're not sure we haven't it's not really settled yet
3: Okay, so it's, it's well, I mean, with nine albums worth of material, you can mix it up a little yeah. bit, too. So Yeah. Um, now, one thing, you know, the songs, you know, you, you got, you know, the songs are really big, in fact, you know, in the terms of, you know, like the composition, the orchestrations, and you got all the, the parts and, and whatnot. Is it difficult to translate from the album to the stage? I mean, when you record, you do it, I mean, you obviously probably track it and whatnot. Is it difficult
2: to take that to the stage? And Yeah, it can be. Um... We 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 really don't think about about it that much when we write uh, because we I mean it's it's no secret we use uh, we use some backing tracks and uh, uh, stuff like that because we we, we want to to um, to have the whole every sound when we play play live as well. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's maybe it would be kind of fun to make just sim more simple live versions. But this is how we've been working all the time, and and it, it works for us. So, so it's 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 no problem really. Right.
3: Now, what's your favorite part about performing live?
2: Um. I mean, it's 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 the it's like the 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 nerve, the nerve before the show starts when you when you hear hear the crowd and you the the whole uh, here and now thing, if you know what I mean. Where it's 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 a place when I feel very much alive and um, so it's it's um, it's a real big part for me as a musician to do the live shows.
3: Now, um, this tour leads up to the uh, Prague Power USA Festival, and I know Evergrey's had, you know, history with that festival. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that, that festival and what it means for Evergrey? Uh,
2: very much. Uh, Evergrey, I think they played there the first time. It was uh, even before I joined the band. hmm um so it, it was a re- re- very long time ago and i know tom and, and uh, especially tom and glenn are really good friends and uh, since since the the first uh, festival i guess so so it's it's like um i don't know it's we have a really nice relationship with the uh, prog power usa and and we it's always awesome to be there to to do the show and everything around it so we're we're really happy as as long as they they want us to come, keep coming there.
1: Right
3: now, you guys are also doing a, an acoustic performance down there, correct?
2: Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: Um, can you talk? I mean, is it uh, when you do acoustic? Is it uh, talk about how you scale it down and and it, and uh, taking the translating the songs from you
2: know the full on production down to a
3: more intimate acoustic?
2: Yeah, exactly, and that and that's that's when we have the chance to 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 uh, really s- scale the songs down and and uh, show that that there is really good songs in the in the bottom without the big arrangements um and um it's it, it gets it's it's more like a jammy feeling and and I really love playing the acoustic because we don't really set up rules and mm-hmm. we don't we don't rehearse that much it's more like Let's go out and and have some fun and put some emotion into it and and uh, it doesn't matter if if there's going to be some wrong notes. It's more it's more about just jamming and and having some fun and and show how good the songs are in in, in the basic compositions. I think
3: right now um, you know Evergrey's been around for seventeen years. You got nine albums. Uh, do you start seeing like other bands like you know? when you meet younger bands and you talk younger bands and you know they say that they're you know how you've influenced their bands can you talk about how that <laughs> feeling is for
2: you know for you guys uh it's it's um it's a very strange feeling it's <laughs> it's uh i don't know it's it's very hard to 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 gr- to get get a grab or how you can say about it it's 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 so it it feels so stupid, but but it, at the same time it it's very flattering, of course. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I I love it, but it, it's strange. It's strange to hear it.
3: Now, um, how do you get your start in music? Uh,
2: I guess I guess we 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 all, always had a piano at home, and uh, I'm not sure when I started to play on it, but but it it was always there, and I. Just started ham- hammering on it, uh, I don't know, when I was quite young. And then, then um, I'm not really trained uh, theoretically, but uh, I've, I've played in bands since I was like 14, 15 years old. And, mm-hmm. and I, I felt I felt really fast that that's the thing for me to play in a band and, and not really go to uh, music schools and right. stuff like that. Um, who were your influences growing up? Uh, well, I, I grew up with uh, with like the British heavy metal, like Judas Priest and uh, Maiden and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then, then of course the uh, the American bands uh, I, I really liked the L- LA scene as well in the late eighties, um, but. Um, I mean I play keyboards but I'm I'm most I I think I'm mostly um influenced by guitar plays actually. Okay. Yeah, so but but it's it's uh, of course now I listen to to pretty much everything but but it, it started with the with the the 80s metal right, metal right. bands, yeah.
3: Um so this tour starts uh August 26th in Chicago and it runs uh, up to September, uh, and culminates at Prague Power. Yeah. Um, what are you guys doing after this tour?
2: Well, we we started to talk about starting to write new songs because we have, we have, we don't have any shows booked uh, right now after this tour. So I think it's going to be a good uh, time for us to first take a couple of couple of weeks off and then um because we we've been playing a lot on this album so okay. we're going to take take a small break and then we, then I guess we're going to start writing new songs and hopefully we'll will have a new album uh, next year oh wow so yeah, cool.
3: Um, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys here in Pittsburgh in September. Um, like I said, I, I'm new a new Evergrey fan. Yeah, but, it's uh, gonna be it's
2: gonna be great. We, it's it's our first time in P- Pittsburgh as well. So. Cool, cool. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I hear
3: you know a lot of great things about your live shows, and it's All right. it's great. something that uh, I've been looking forward to. So um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, oh, no we will definitely see you here in September yeah okay i'd like to thank rick for taking the time to talk to us if you're anywhere near where these guys are playing you definitely want to make sure you check them out up next we have matt marinelli the lead singer from the band borealis borealis is on tour with evergrey and i have to say that their new album purgatory is one of my favorites matt was kind enough to talk to us about the band the album what it means for them to be on tour with evergrey before we get to that though here's the track my piece off of the album purgatory and gentlemen with me on the line i have vocalist matt marinelli from the band borealis how you doing today matt i'm doing good how are you i'm doing th- i'm doing great thanks for asking thanks for taking time to talk to us That's, yeah of course um so before we get started um for those of uh, our listeners who aren't familiar with borealis can you talk a little bit about uh how borealis came to be and a little bit about the band
1: yeah of course well we started back um around 2005 and, uh, at that time we had a female singer who was more of like, um, along the lines of Nightwish. Okay. And, uh, um, things didn't really work out too well. So we, we had to let the singer go and, uh, it's actually pretty funny. We, we had a show with, um, a band called Snat Arctica, but we didn't have a singer at the time. So I just stepped in Right. and it was, it was supposed to just be for that show, but, uh, it was a very good reaction, and then the guys just were kind of like, "You should just stick with singing." So that's pretty much what happened. And ever since then, um, we uh, in 2008 we released our uh, first album, which was uh, called "World of Silence," and uh, that was just a learning experience for us. Really, um, it was the first time in an actual studio, and we we're just we we're very new to it. And in uh, and 2011, when Falls from Grace came out, it was more along the lines of what we were kind of hoping um, to produce. And uh, we went on tour with Saxon in 2011. Uh, we did the North American uh, stretch as well, and that was outstanding. I listened to Saxon before that, so it was really cool to uh, get to experience that. And then, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of a hiatus. We had a lot of things. The drummer went to school. Uh, Jamie had... Uh, baby boy. So there's a lot of things um, happening in our personal lives that kind of delayed uh, Purgatory. But uh, uh, this year, Purgatory uh, was released in June in Europe and then in July in North America. And uh, we're super excited about it. It's To us, it's the album that we've always kind of wanted to put out, but just never had the, the know-how or the technology to do it. And uh, yeah, and now we're going to be touring with... Uh, one of my favorite bands, Evergrey, uh, starting next week. So I'm thrilled. So Purgatory came out, like you mentioned, came out
3: last, uh, last month in North America, a little bit earlier over in Europe. Um, and there was, a, like you said, there was a little bit of a, a, a gap between Fall from Grace and Purgatory. Um, can you talk about putting the album together, writing the songs or whatnot,
1: um, and how the album came together to be what it is now? Well, Purgatory was, um, it was a different process for us. Um, the past two albums, Roll the Silence and Fall from Grace, we kind of had a set group of songs that we rehearsed and played a million times, and then we went into the studio, um, to record it. Mm -hmm. This time around, we did all of our writing in the studio, which, uh, was very different for us, but we thought, um, it was a good way to experiment, and, uh. I guess the only downfall, well, not really a downfall, but we, we were recording, uh, we recorded the new album at our drummer's studio, Okay. Uh, and because we had free access to a studio all the time, we didn't have that kind of push. Um, normally, you book a studio, and it's like, okay, we got to get this done in this amount of time, when in this, in our case, it's like, okay, we have this studio for infinite amount of time, so we can take as much time as we need. Right kind of thing but uh it, we thought it was a good way to uh do it i think for the future we're going to be doing the same thing when it comes to uh writing the albums the only difference is it's going to be a lot quicker okay um it won't be it won't every year or every time be a four year kind of <laughs> stretch <laughs> um but you know
3: with that four years and then the the ability to use a studio you know, whenever you wanted, and as long as you needed, it and whatnot. Do you think that helped making this album
1: as strong as it is? I think so. I, I think because we could, um, we just had full access to everything and we had all the control that we needed. So if, if we were unhappy with the guitar tone, we could sit there and figure something out to make sure it's the way we want it. Um, we could experiment a lot more. So I think, it was uh it had a lot to do with the way this album turned out.
3: Right. Now this is the the first album with uh new guitar player Mike. Um yep. did, how did did uh that, that was that a change in the process? Did that like was that like like new blood coming in kind of uh I don't want to say like refreshing or whatnot, but was it uh like uh, did it help with the process at all?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that is a perfect word. It was refreshing because um especially with his style he, he came in with a completely different outlook on um, writing certain songs and I think it really helped because uh, it, it's really easy um, as a songwriter to start writing things that are very similar to each other mm-hmm. and it's it's really nice to have someone from the outside come in and say I think we should try something like this something that I, I would never normally think of but it works out perfect so I think it was uh, very refreshing and uh, he helped out a lot.
3: Now, writing the album is that uh, a, a collaborative process, or is it just you know one or two people handle most of songwriting duties, or do you try and make it as collaborative as possible?
1: Uh, we try and get everyone involved as much as possible. The only thing that I find is really um, separated is the vocal melodies. Okay, I'm very I'm very picky with that, and I'm, I always try so hard to get things very catchy. But when it comes to song, um, instrument-wise, usually what happens is I'll have a riff or an idea of the song, and then uh, I'll show it to the guys, and then from that point on, everyone just puts in their two cents. And uh, I I think it's great because, I, like I said before, I I like to hear other people's ideas. Right, right. Um,
3: Now, Purgatory is a concept album, uh, correct? Yeah. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about, like, writing a concept album, how the story came together, and and how you kind of translate that story into a musical form?
1: Well, I I think we decided to do the concept uh, thing. It was right after I recorded um, a a vocal part with uh, the band episode, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I thought it was just so interesting. Um, Definitely not an original thing, but it's something that, it's almost like you get to create your own story, and uh, we're all really big into movies and stuff like that, so we thought it would be interesting to try and take the whole album as uh, one big story. The only difference um, between ours and some concept albums is ours is like an overview of a story opposed to we don't really have a lot of characters Okay, in it, such as like an Avantasia where there's each singer is a different character. Um, and even with episode, it was like that. Um, for this one, it's just kind of us narrating a story. Um it it's, it's a very dark story. We took, um, some personal, uh, elements, um, but we also just took, um, things just like a dark fantasy. Um, but the, the story covers a, a loss. Um, it's kind of based from a family who give birth to a little girl. And during, um, birth, the mother passes away and, uh, uh, the father can't really let it go. So he almost starts to neglect his daughter and kind of blame her for what has happened. So what happens is the daughter, she kind of creates this perfect world in her in her mind um, with her mother. And, uh, and what happens is she kind of doesn't want to be with her dad anymore. So she ends her life to be reunited with her mom. But because she created such a sin, she goes into purgatory. And from that point on, she's trying to find her way out of purgatory and finally with her mother. Right, right. Well, that's a, that's a pretty deep
3: story. Um, can you talk about – is there any plans for like, doing like any music videos or anything for any of these songs?
1: I th- I think we'd really like to do a music video. Um, right now, just financially, it's tough. Right. To, to do it. But ideally, I think it's, it's good to have videos because it – I think sometimes it also helps people understand what the song is actually about. Right. Um, I think for me, anyways, I would like to do a video for um, my piece. I think uh, that that song kind of gives you a pretty good outline of what the album's going to be.
3: That's actually uh, my favorite song on the album. I just, that, that riff i just can't get that riff out of my head it's it's uh that's that's to me that's my favorite song on the album oh excellent
1: that's awesome
3: um now borealis has been around you know you guys formed about 10 years ago you got three albums um can you talk a little bit about how like your experience has made the band grow and and become
1: the band it is today well i i think the, the one thing that um We do, and I I think it's really helped us along the lines. Is we always tried to make small goals um, since the beginning, and it was, it would start to. We want to play a show in Toronto, and that was our first goal. So we play a show in Toronto, and then we're like, okay, you know, we see all these bands in this one venue, and we're like, we would love to play this venue, and that's our second goal. And so we want to get signed, we want to do this, we want to do that, and uh, fortunately, we've we've had a chance to do everything that we've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, ideally, of course, we would love to make a living um, playing music where we can 100% commit just to music, but uh, that's down the line. The music industry has changed quite a bit over the years, and right. uh, we understand that. But uh, yeah, for us, it was always just kind of doing small goals. And uh, one massive goal, well, for me especially, was to tour with Evergrey never um, has mm-hmm. always been one of my favorite bands and um just to have the opportunity to play with them is or just to see them right um like twelve times <laughs> it, that's exciting for me because <laughs> i'm such a big fan so
3: yeah i mean it's uh it, it is a great bill and it's great that you got you're able to you know go out on the road with your influences and and learn from them and, and talk to them and pick their brain. And, and, oh, exactly, yeah. Um, now,
1: for you personally, how did you get involved in music? Uh, see, it was funny because I, uh, when I was really young, I was I was playing hockey, and uh, there was at one point where I just I wasn't really into playing it, and uh, I was going to sign up, and my dad was like, "Are you ready to go?" And I'm like, "You know what? I don't really want to play hockey." And he's like, "Well, why don't you try something else?" And then I just said, "Well, I like Van Halen." And then from that point on, I started taking guitar lessons, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Right, right. I think
3: uh, you know, Van Halen seems to be like uh, you an know, uh, introductory point for a lot of musicians nowadays. Yeah. Um, and you st- did you start out with guitar, or
1: did you... Uh... I did, yeah. It's been guitar uh, pretty much my whole... Like, I started when I was nine okay. uh, on the guitar. Singing, I started very, very late. Um, it was pretty much 2008 when we released World of Silences when I actually started to sing. Um, Because it was just something I never thought about doing, really. Um, But I love it now, so. (laughs) Um,
3: Now, can you talk about what, uh, you you mentioned the tour, and the tour starts next week, uh, Evergrace headlining and and Voyager, like you said. Um, Can you talk about what uh,
1: people can expect from the live show? Uh, Yeah, they're going to, it's going to be heavy we uh we want our our set list isn't very long, so we wanted to uh really give everything we got to uh, the set list just to make it as energetic as possible right um and uh, we'll'll we'll be playing a lot of new ones we'll also be playing some from fall from grace um, as well just because we don't want to uh, exclude those songs because they have gotten us to where we are today so mm-hmm. um but yeah I would just say expect some heavy uh some heavy sets.
3: Nice, nice. Um, and then after this tour is over, what's uh, what's in the plans for the future of Borealis? Uh,
1: as of right now, we don't have anything uh, booked. Uh, hopefully, we'd love to go back out on the road, kind of see um, different parts. Um, we've never actually toured in Canada. Oh, wow. Uh, which is sad to say, but <laughs> it's, it's hard. Canada's very big. Yeah. So, like to get to venue to venue it's a lot of driving right uh so it's tough um to do it but uh yeah as of right now we're hoping we can uh get into some festivals um and even play into playing europe europe of course is uh they really enjoy that style of music so it's uh definitely a good place to go yeah cool um
3: well i want to Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it's a great album. Uh, I love it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys when you hit uh, Pittsburgh here in September.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, that's great. You have to uh, come and say hi. Oh, definitely will. Sounds great. All right. Great, thanks. Take care. Okay, I'd like to thank
3: Matt for taking the time to talk to us. Borealis will be out on tour with Evergrey, and their new album, Purgatory, is available now. It's a great album. I definitely recommend picking it up. Up next, we have an interview with the guys from Vermithrax. Vermithrax is based in Pittsburgh, and they were kind enough to invite me to their practice space so that we could talk about what's going on in their world. Vermithrax will be opening the Pittsburgh Show of the Evergreat Tour, so you definitely want to make sure you check this out. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from their EP, Volume 1. This is The Extinction Event. Gentlemen, I have the distinct pleasure of meeting up with the band Vermithrax in their lair. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Great, pretty good. Great. Cool. Uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time, inviting me down, and talk to you guys. Uh, you guys have been pretty big in the Pittsburgh scene for a while now, and uh, it's about time we had you on the show. I think.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, so we got Tom on bass, we got Jerry on drums, Scott on guitar, Chris on vocals, and Steve on guitar. Um, So, I guess, starting out, how did the band come to be? Um, Good question.
5: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just did. So, I walked into Guitar Center one day and said to Chris, you want to play bass on a thrash metal album? (laughs) And uh, we were looking to do the thrash thing, and he's like, yeah, he said, be interested in doing the thrash thing. And then, uh, this one thing led to another, and he goes, hey, do you hear me singing? because I was talking about, you know, doing some vocals and whatever and he was, you ever hear me singing he played a demo from a band he had been working with. I was like, Oh my god, this guy sounds like Halford. I was like I was like, Well <laughs> I was like, I guess you're the singer, we need to find a bass player. So <laughs> So that's pretty much you know, how that worked. I was thinking about playing guitar at first, but um, once I heard him sing I decided I'm gonna stick with drums and uh, we went from there.
0: So, yep. Then we ran an ad for a guitar player and Scott answered the ad and came over, and we gave him an assignment to, <laughs> yeah. to write a thrash first song th- from beginning to end, song. to write his first thrash song, uh, and uh, that actually ended up being the final feast, so that he came back with that song, we were like, okay, that's what we're talking about doing, so that pretty much kind of solidified the three of us, and then we, um, we found Tom, and Tom actually used to be playing a band with Jerry and Scott, so Good. it was mm-hmm. kind of like it was like, hey, I know a bass player. And so we had Tom come over, um, played through our set, and, or played through our stuff, and kind of just talked about what we were doing. Um, and then Tom was going through back surgery around that same time and was dealing with that. So he kind of bowed out for a little while. We went through a series of bass players, and after begging and pleading with him, <laughs> he, he came back. <laughs> and then. Um, that we decided we've been through enough bass players we should go through a bunch of guitar players <laughs> so we went through a bunch of other guitar players that's a whole scott, different chapter you know, <laughs> scott, scott you know showing the bulk of them how to how to how to play our songs and then getting then they would leave and he'd have to show somebody else how to play our songs so right. uh that got i got old fairly fast we've been through quite a few. that, that position was the rotating position for the longest time until, oh my until steve steve joined us um well, made a lot of good friends that? during it, uh, that time. Six well, months? Six months ago? Yeah. So? About six yeah, months? Well, yes, roughly. So yeah, Steve's been with us since, since March. Since
3: March. So yeah, the first time I've seen you with the, I, the first time I saw you all was uh, when you opened for Metal Church
0: oh, yeah, years yeah. back. Yeah, I was, was just fan in the crowd that day. <laughs> <laughs> and I think
3: yeah. I, you were there when you guys opened for Queensryche. Yeah, I got to yeah he was that at show. that show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he
0: played that show, yeah. Cool. Um.
3: So, like I said, first time I saw you guys, was when you guys went metal church. And that was a good show. Yeah, it was, it was a great show. And, you know, it's, it's uh, looking forward to what they're doing next. But you guys kind of reminded me at that point kind of like a modern-day testament.
0: Oh, that's cool. I don't
3: know if that, you know, would, would that be, like, an accurate, like, where would you draw your influences from?
5: Well, thinking like a modern-day testament, um, being a testament still very active and doing stuff. Um, right. It, we actually talked earlier, it's so like we just kind of, we always said uh, back when we first started writing songs, let's write that that next. Let's try to write that next album we wanted to hear from from the older bands mm-hmm. before they went maybe defunct or whatever, before they reformed. Uh, we did a lot of that kind of thinking. So it is, it's all old school. You know, to
0: Testaments affairs. For, Forbidden was a good Forbidden's influence thing. for us. Yeah,
1: Forbidden was a real good influence. And I'm a big the, Jeff Lynne's fan. Nevermore too. So, yeah. right. and
0: we let, we were into Sanctuary. Actually, yeah. all, a bunch of us were into Sanctuary. So we started talking about all the old bands we were into, and we all seemed to have that one common core of like those thrash bands of that specific time. What, what right. thrash or power metal like right. Sanctuary, yeah. Forbidden, Testament. Um, who else is in that list? Crimson Glory, Crimson Fates Glory, Warning, Fates um, which yeah. they kind of go in that prog realm. But yeah. and then Flotsam and the Jetsam. Yeah.
5: But I think I think in our music a lot of that uh, progressive comes through, and even though we're doing a thrashier thing. Um, just when I read reviews and stuff a lot of people get do get a
3: progressive feel for it and I think even more so with some of the newer stuff you guys have been playing yeah yeah,
0: the newer recently. stuff is definitely a more technical progressive version of what we were of, of the initial direction which was we, we were forcing ourselves to go just more thrash and, and try to take the technicality out of what we were doing a little bit just to make just to I don't want to say simplify because it wasn't simple but um, to try to be like that older but what we kept finding ourselves is we were kept ending up in that that time frame when everybody got cooler and more progressive like all that right. you know when when forbidden did yeah. twisted into form and all of us were like and that was the one one of the common albums that like yeah. jerry and i were like that was okay. the time when thrash was at its best yeah. like Flotsy. all these albums were coming out power mad was one of my Fl- favorite Flotsy like Judson thrash bands the no Fl-
5: place for disgrace yeah. you know that just you know the acoustic stuff and the clean things and and some progressive stuff, in it, but it was still really
0: hard and thrashy, so I mean... Um, we're all into, like, you know, early Priest and, right. and Queensryche and stuff that, you know, we all kind of grew up on the same stuff like that, too, so it was how do you combine all of that and still remain yourself, and that's kind of been the goal since the beginning, but it's cool that we get... You know, we get comparisons to bands that were like, okay, that's not an insult. You know, yes. it's like somebody's like, oh, you guys kind of remind me of Nevermore. And the next band, go, next next guy goes, you guys remind me of Testament. And the next guy right. goes, you guys remind me of Forbidden. And it's like, cool because it's all in there. You know, so.
3: Well, yeah, and then the fact that you know you're being compared to so well, not I'm not to say compared, but you know, you remind people of so many different bands. You know, that you got an original sound where your influences are coming out, yeah. and and so which is very cool. Now, you guys all have had you know various. Careers and past with different bands. What mm-hmm. I know, Chris, you're in Reading Zero and you're Bloodslaughter and, and whatnot. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, how, like over the years, you know, the industry has changed and Is it harder now for bands to get noticed, or is it? I mean, because now you've got more of
0: like the internet and the social media, but I'd say it's easier now. Because honestly. Well, from my... Because what I was doing, what Jerry is doing, completely different. Right. Now, I was doing the progressive... You know, we were very progressive. Reading Zero was was progressive. That's what we were doing. We were prog metal, like we were doing... You guys you were, know, like, very Rushish stuff Yeah, very Rush. Yeah. I mean, Rush was a huge influence. Uh, Face Warning was a big influence. You know, just a lot of that stuff that was really on that prog side. And that's people lumped us in that immediately. And it, that's fine. That was cool. It was a good time to be there. But um, right now, had the music come out now... There's so many more avenues to, to reach a prog metal fan back then. It was such a niche thing that it was really hard, except for playing like weird festivals. Uh, that in fact, that's where we met a lot of our fans. Was like, uh, there's a festival called Power Mad back in the day that was in Baltimore, and a lot of the people that I met there with Reading Zero that became the family that started the Prog Power USA festival. Like, those were all that's where we met, and we would watch this festival and go wow, what if this was done on a larger scale and what if it was really tight and, you know, somebody was really, like, everybody was running it and and it was run like a machine, how cool would this be? And that's actually where I saw and met Evergrey the first time, was at one of those festivals. It was their first time coming to the United States, their label flew them over and paid to fly them over and um, they played in Baltimore and, you know, and we had only kind of heard of this band coming all the way from Sweden and they they blew the whole place away I mean everybody there was like oh my god this is all new level stuff and um, that kind of forged a relationship a friendship between you know me and Tom mainly the singer was the first you know him and I kind of met there and hung out and um, that when when we uh, when Prog Power USA launched its first show Reading Zero was asked to play it right. we played with Evergrey. we played with Symphony X Pain of Salvation uh, it was a a ton of other bands but those were the i remember those being like the core back of the very first prog power and that's really what launched the rest of the festival because that first one did so well i mean they were turning people away at the door and and we were like okay i think this festival is on to something so that's kind of what happened but that was the only way to reach people you didn't have the internet you didn't have you know it was yeah. mailing lists yeah. and no, like tape trading a, i come from back in the day i there come was tape, from the trading, tape trading tape right.
5: trading days and you send me your list, I'll send you my list right. of what I got, you know, I got a Slayer rehearsal, <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I got a death live show, you know, and, uh, you know, send me this, send me that, it was supposed, you know, but I come back, you know, I I would say that back then, the thing that I miss, I think, is is how rabid uh the guys, the fans were, and how rabid, like, because, you know, like, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I was the world's biggest metal fan, I still am, you know, and just, just I just wanted to hear every band, you know, every band on anybody's list. I wanted to hear all those bands, and it was hard every everyone. Access one of
3: them. the music back then too. It was so when they came out. To it was like oh yeah, you had to go. Right, absolutely.
5: Right. But um, back in the early days, uh, yeah, it's just it, it was um a lot of fun. And so I mean, looking at it now though, I mean I played in a ton of bands over the years. I played from you know you know some pretty intense death metal stuff to some pretty progressive metal and um and i don't know i mean it's i don't know if it's easier or harder or what it is i think i think what it is is just the 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 band and and the time that the band gets together you know i had a producer tell me once it's like it's all about this this window of time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean And, and the band you're with you know and if it's your your band it's your band you know So I've been, I believe in that. So I just, and and, you know, you start, you you set out to, I'm gonna, you know, I want to get noticed, I want to get all that stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, I used to think that all the time, but I don't think that anymore, I don't care. I just want to play metal, so. And then I've been playing a Vermithrax and ever since I've I've changed my mindset and everything like that, just great things always happen because we truly love this stuff and it's not, we're not in it for any purpose other than, you know, to play the metal we want to play.
0: It's it's still the, let's write the album that we wanted someone else to write, you know, it was (laughs) like, how come nobody ever screamed like that on that thrash <laughs> album like that? And it was like, okay, why don't we do that? And then, you know, just the the the, 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 the parts were the, the favorite part of our album, of an album. Yeah. And then you go, how come nobody ever did anything like that again? We've we got to do something like yeah. that. So uh, you know, it's cool because it's inspiring because you go back and you listen to stuff that back then inspired you, and it still inspires you. Right. You still go, oh, my God, this stayed, this stood the test of time. I can't we, believe this is a still... A couple around. years ago, I, I forget, we were playing...
5: Uh, we played at some festival, uh, me, Tom, and Scott, we were playing this in a band and we played this festival in Florida and it was a bunch of progressive metal bands. Yeah, Nightmare Metal Yeah, Fest. yeah Metal also. Fest down there and this this bourbon street This like four-piece, yeah. five-piece thrash band came on stage. Like, and we're talking like some really intense, you know, Nightmare Records got some great progressive metal bands, you know, so we're, we're playing this, this show and these kids come on stage I playing thrash that. metal and just blew everybody completely off the stage. And I was like, Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? And it was just like, I was like, I told you, Scott. I was like, What was the name of them guys? I can't, I can't remember. That. I, I, have that, I have that CD sitting at my house at my desk. I can't remember the name of it. But, you know, it's like that thing when you look at people at the shows. That was when we were going to shows um, right before Vermontrax
0: came together. And I was just kind of looking at what people The, the day before? Yeah, we guess, formed, oh, the, yeah, right after we Forbidden We formed was here. Vermithrax the day uh, well you and I talked yeah. about forming Vermithrax the day after Forbidden played in Pittsburgh. Right. He well, took it was Scott forbidden and overkill, yeah, yeah, that's right. Forbidden. And, he uh, actually went with yeah. Scott to that show and uh yeah, no, it was just like but you know, you got Who's who's in the uh, when you go to a Uh, a dream theater show, or a Fates Warding show, or whatever, or any... any, I mean, and that's not an insult. Those are some of my favorite bands, but when you go to those shows, you look out in the audience, it's a bunch of glowing faces who are looking at their phone, they're texting, or they're filming, or they're filming and sending, and they're not, like, in that show. But when you go and see forbidden or testament and you're anywhere near close Excess, if you're not oh paying god. attention yeah. there's a boot in your eye yeah. so you <laughs> yeah. better be on so you are in the moment because you're whole like whole oh yeah it's a completely yeah. different moment and yeah. i i feel like every time i see those shows i walk away like oh my god that just kicked my ass you know and yeah. there's something to that that's the release that you don't get from every genre and it again i have no problems Fate's Warning is probably my favorite band, and I'll sit and wa- I'll watch them a thousand times and love every second of it. It's not the same show, but I'm I'm also not going to be sitting there with my phone filming them, and you know I'm going to be watching them because I, I know their stuff so well. But that's such a it's a different world now. You know, there's so few people that are into that. But thrash is one of those genres where yeah. people still watch the show. They're watching the energy. They're watching the the oh, yeah. movement of the pit. They're watching. You know, people get into it around them and it's kind of like, it's different, you just don't get that in every genre, you know? Yeah, and that's that's actually a good point, because a lot of bands too now are even banning, you know,
3: cell phones and you know, you 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 see, I forget who it was the other day, like, ripped up the cell phone threw it off. It was uh, Glenn Danzig, he ripped up the guy's cell phone, threw it off, (sighs) threw it out and whatnot. Yeah, you expect that from some people, but. Right, I mean, right. It's like, like him. You, <laughs> you right. just said that. I was
0: like, well, that one doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. huh. and Jeff, Jeff Tate did that, you yeah. know? And that, that, that really is the difference. Are you so mad that you're going to grab somebody's phone and throw it? Or are you going to take that opportunity to go, I'm going to give them a moment? Because, you know, then Queen Drake, Todd, did, somebody did the same thing around the same time. He took their camera, took it right up on stage with him, filmed him, and filmed different members of the band, and then gave it back to the guy. And it's like, how much cooler was that for right. that guy? So, did you stop people from filming? No, but I think that you gave them something, you gave them something back, you know? Uh, we don't want to discourage people from filming. If that's what you're into, that's what you going to do. I do think that a lot of shows, though, people are missing the magic that
4: right.
0: it's just like yeah. buying a record, it's the same kind of feeling where the record was this thing, you opened up and you read the lyrics and the pictures were so cool and you, yeah. you became part of that record. In live, it's the same thing, and we've just lost that. Uh, now we, everything's on an mp3 and everything's... You how know? many hours I spent looking at that uh, Fate's
3: Warring Awake in the Guardian album cover just like, I'm there, man. That's where yeah. I want to go, you yes, know. yeah, I just think about it now. It's like, you know, you hear record companies want to do away with CDs and just go digital yeah. and streaming. and That's so sterile. It is. It's, yeah, just To me, it's just so
0: sterile. It just takes the element out of the whole thing.
3: Right? Honestly,
0: that's what's kept us from doing a deal was... We want that label that's going to be like, we're going to do a record, a vinyl. We're going to do vinyl. We're going to do a gatefold sleeve. We want to do... We want cool packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Physical product. Yeah, cool physical product. Something that you actually want to buy and pay for because it's not just thing slipped into a plastic thing with another plastic thing on it you know what I mean Like that's why people got away from CDs because the magic was gone mm-hmm. so I think if you make a CD that's got incredible packaging or something truly unique a nunslaughter still does that to this uh-huh. day some of the packaging for the nunslaughter stuff I look at it and I'm just like that's ahead of everyone because whether you are into what they're doing or not they're on the fact that what they give you is a totally unique product and so you should pay money for that versus just right. downloading it It's it's you want to own it, you know. So, I I think, regardless of what we do, that is the direction we're going in. Where we want to create unique product, even if it's cost more costly to us, it doesn't matter. It's we want to make that album we always wanted. We want to make it with the artwork (laughs) we always wanted. You know, we want people to look at that and have that experience. And if they don't, if we can't give that to them, then we don't want to give them anything. You know, that's why the first EP was free. It was like we didn't have the money to go and put all the stuff into it. So the idea was. Do we sell this thing? Do, what do we do? You know. So the EP, we just put it online and said, okay, the first thing we need to do is just get people to know who we are and that mm-hmm. we exist. So all five songs are up there for free. And that's at vermouthrexmetal.com. Right. So anybody can go there and just take the EP. Now, it may not be at the same level quality-wise as the CD, which we do have, have at most of our shows. But even that, we we just it's simple because it's just to get music out there. Right. But when we do produce the full length, which we've already recorded, and now we're in the process of mixing, cool. when we get that done, we're not going to put it out until it's got something to make people go like, "Oh my God, that is that's I have to have that because it's cool," you know. And,
3: and, yeah, that's exactly right. I remember you know going out buying a tape or a CD or a record and going through all the packaging and pull, you know folding out yeah. you know the mile long. Yes. <laughs> right yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and you know, and then you know, you've got that. You know, the band put that together, that's what they wanted. You got that, there's like, you know... You read the difficult. thank you list, for God's exactly. sakes. You know what I yeah, mean? You yeah, sat and read that every name of the thank you list.
0: About, oh my God, I know that guy. Yeah. Or or so-and-so did backing vocals on it. Like, I always thought that was cool when they had guests that were just in there mm-hmm. and you didn't know it until you read it. And then you went back and listened to the song. Like, can I hear that guy? Exactly. Can I hear that guitar player playing that? Or, you know, whatever. So no, that always made those albums for me. I, had
3: a, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about, well... Yeah, you can get the PDF now, but that you know, again, it's it's not the same thing. It's it's like you said, it was too sterile. Download
0: our (laughs) great art, you know, like it just doesn't feel the same. You're like, no, I had to to download it. Right?
3: Can you sign my iPod? You know? Right. what? Oh, sign an iPod? <laughs> <laughs> Here, give me I you know doing <laughs> doing that. Can you sign
0: my MP3? <laughs> yeah. Sign my thumb drive? So, That'd be great. Vir- here's my virtual signature. How about that? Okay.
3: Yeah. Now, you uh, you mentioned, you know, the EP, the first EP was mm-hmm. free, which is, you know, it's, it's great. I, you know, I downloaded it, listened to it all the time, and it, you know, volume, volume one EP. Volume one, yeah. You, yeah. you guys called it. Um, you guys mentioned you have a new CD. Can you talk about, you know, how you guys put a song together and how you, like, your writing process and and how you come about putting a Vermithrax song together?
0: Um, Usually jamming, just like, Scott usually has a riff or Jerry has a riff. Usually Scott comes in and goes, I have this. And it's usually some kind of intro piece that leads us into the rest of the song. And then Scott will go, I've got this, it goes to this, but then I don't know where this is going. And then Jerry's usually the one to go. Well, this is where it's going. <laughs> He's gonna right. he. So there's a there's, a, me your guitar. there's a collaboration. <laughs> right. I'll
1: come up with a riff at home. Right. I'll yeah. lay down some drums to it. Some you know, and then come up with some bass lines. Da da da. Just a scratch track and bring it in. Show the band what I've got. And here's then we what, go here. from there. Right. That's so sometimes I'll
0: go. How about this chord progression? Or mm-hmm. under that, do this clean part? Or you know what I mean? So all of us kind of and then. Steve's new, so he hasn't been able yeah, to be I'm part of the process. He, yeah, he, he's, he's <laughs> trying to learn. He's trying to learn all our old stuff just to get caught up right now. Um, you know, and then we're then then we're going okay. Then how do we accent? You know, so Tom mm-hmm. may be going. This is how you accent. This is the part oh, It should accent like this. Or yeah. or Jerry's got an idea drum wise, and then we're trying to figure out how to do that key wise so that it's impactful and cool and and you know sounds like the stuff we loved when we grew up. So it really comes together pretty easy and then I'm usually the last one because once we have got the song together I'm going uh, in my head I'm kind of having a melody line and then I go that has to go two more times that has to stop here that's too long why are you doing that (laughs) can we harmonize there this you know and so it's real I'm more of the puzzle guy where I'm going put it together like this for the most part so that's kind of how a lot lot of
5: of a lot of times we'll come to a place in the song where we'll have a break and We'll all just look at Scott and say, "Well, this is what you got to play," and we just finger and noodle something and hum something that's impossible for any guitar player to play. Right. Right. So I gotta meet Jeff Loomis on the spot. Right. <laughs> do that only do twice that. as fast, but a little as
0: bit I could, faster. Is faster than I could do it with my mouth? Yeah. Yes, I need you to do that. Bring that back for next no time, for Thursday. It's funny because you know, most of us have—I mean, we're playing all our lives, and right. we're, we're not spring chickens anymore. You know, we've been around so. We still talk the old way we spoke when we were 16 years old with our bands first starting, which is like, no, 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 the wrist's got to go like this. Good, 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 The other guys, but now that we're old and we've been doing it, it's like like this, and it's exactly what you just said with your mouth, whereas as a kid, you'd sit there and try to figure out what it was. Now it's like like this? Oh, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was just telling you to do. So it is funny. That is the experience. Or it'll just you know. be like, you know, like, you know, like, like heathen you know, and then like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
5: Right, like yeah. overkill. Oh, okay, I got that. So yeah, some we're to like an overkill. You know, right. and it's right. just... A harmony it's not part. Like what kind of harmony part? Well, forbidden. Yeah, right, like it's forbid going to be forbidden. Forbidden harmony, forbid yeah. harmony, you know, and it just kind of comes out, and you don't, it's not like we have to say, like, this one song of them, you know, just forbidden, right. you know, and, or violence, you know what I mean? You no, know, we know that we, we, we're just all on the same page. We know what we're talking about. We know what we want to hear, and we know exactly what some one of the other guys is referencing. Or the, there's a
0: moment, like... Jeff Hanneman passing mm-hmm. ah. and we came we we were practicing the day the day after so everybody found out that night the next day we came in we we're like oh my god Jeff Hanneman's gone and we were like we gotta write a Slayer song we gotta write a Jeff Hanneman tribute song like what would Jeff Man. you know how would Thrax write a Jeff Hanneman song and that's what we did we it's called River Crew War, um um and we wrote that and that night that night, and, and yeah. that was it, like that's and that's not changed that song is exactly. We wrote the lyrics that night, we wrote everything. the song that night, everything was done that night. we, we called it the Hanneman song for a long time, <laughs> even though we had the lyrics written <laughs> we, we just played yeah. that song out a couple times, yeah. but
1: uh, it's already recorded, and we're on the process of finishing it, so yeah. eventually we'll yeah, I don't know yeah, that that one's going to... It's not
0: going to change much. It kind of has no, that, I mean, if and it like, has you know, that feel. Yeah. You know, At this right. point, you know, somebody comes to like, hey, dude, that sounds like Very Slayer. i like, yeah, you know. Yeah, it better, right. better, yeah. better fucking sound better like Slayer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, that you that know, those people time. are always trying to hide their influences, and they're always trying to go... You know, I, I meet a lot of bands, and they give me their CD, and they're like, you know, we don't sound like anybody else. Right. And that means they're bad. Because usually, if you don't sound like anybody... Like if you're totally new, what are you tuned to cue? Like you're going to sound like somebody. Come on. Every time somebody says that to me, I'm like, you got to kid me. So, you know. So so whenever they so when they go, "You know what? Here's what you're going to hear when you hear my band. We're going to sound like kind of like these guys, a little bit like that one, if they slept with this band and that band created right. a baby that looked like that one and they're born in an alley. This is what we sound like." And then you go, "Oh my god, that's exactly what they sound like." You know so You have to have an influence. Like, nobody came in here and just, you know, you're not the first metal band, so there's no way you're completely original. So just go, this is what inspires us, and maybe they hear it, maybe they don't. It doesn't matter, like, as long as it's yours, you know? So, But the Hanneman thing was definitely something we were, like, purposely, no shame, because, honestly, it was a tribute to him. It was like, this guy influenced us, all of us. It doesn't matter. Every one of us in this band loves Slayer, Mm -hmm. you know? Jared, wasn't that basically your riff? You came uh, up with that
5: riff, yeah, I think we were just sitting here playing around, and yeah and we yeah. Vamped on yeah. it yeah. it's yeah. Just like we need to write a slayer song,
0: we did yeah. and even vocally I mean I would say there's there's remnants of you know right. it' it definitely sounds more like us because I don't sound like Tom Mariarea, but there's that aggression that he does that was that has to be in that song, you know
3: right. so you got you know, the fitting tribute and you got your influences and and you mentioned the new CD or the CD mm-hmm. that's coming out um, when can we expect
0: to yeah, see wow. the light of day. That's the that's the thing. We, it, so it's basically recorded. Um, there's some little things, little things like vocals. <laughs> 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 now, I mean, they're all done. We wrote them, you know, they're done. Yeah. I have vocals, but um, it's doing just, the vocals. It's doing the, the, the a lot of little tight stuff. Most of the guitar stuff's done. We did the drum stuff, but it was all like run through everything. Uh, recorded it all, and now we really need to find the right person—one who can mix it and do it the justice that it needs, right. as far as mix—and and, um, and we'll then just, we want to find somebody to, to to partner with that's going to distribute it properly, help us market it properly. Um, you know, I we, mean, were, we were really so
5: pushing date,
1: like, like a if, At
5: first, we were like really pushing, like let's get this thing done. And I remember I was on these guys for like. I don't know how probably like four or five months, just like come on guys, come on, and then we we're talking about doing shows. I'm like, stop fucking shows. We need right. to get this done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and then as time has gone on, and we're starting, I'm you know we're starting to listen to this product that we've created. You know, I'm a little bit more guarded about just throwing exactly. that out right now. You know, right. and I mean our friends are our friends. People have heard Vermithrax. I think you. Or you know, we what we've put out so far. Um, and some of the new stuff that we play live I'm pretty sure you know they know what's, what's gonna come you know but so it's kinda we have three songs off of that that we have already that we're, that
0: we're gonna be yeah, they're being, almost completely yeah, mixed are, in demo form to give to a label to so or, or you know or to, to kinda get around it to get some interest in in the direction that we want to go if, as far as finding a if partner. If anybody wants to work with us
5: yeah, yeah. that's basically what it is and and um, you know I'm just all I've always felt you know it's about the product we put out you know rather than anything else so and let's just see you know but I I, you know on these guys I've been really guarded about this record myself and and just want to make sure that it whatever we do we make it you know the best choice makes sense
3: too because I mean music is something personal I mean it's your expression it's how you're feeling at that point in time it's you know when you wrote the songs or whatnot so it makes sense to keeping yeah. guard, or, you know, yeah. if you're going to do it,
0: do it right. Right, know? right, and honestly, Absolutely. I think everybody in this band has probably been right. in a band mm-hmm. that you didn't do it right once, Right. and you learned, and here's yeah. our opportunity to not make that mistake again, so it's like, I don't know that I'm in a hurry, I mean, I certainly want people to hear it, right. and I know that when people do, they're going to be like, holy mm-hmm. Christ, like, we've taken that step, you know, as a right. band, we know, so it is kind of funny, because no one else knows where we know where we're at right now. Mm-hmm so the, there's a little bit of fun in that there's a little bit of like when we play live we do watch people go holy shit and then we come up to us afterwards and go
3: holy crap we play the new material
0: the three live now we'll be playing them out
3: yeah for yeah. people to hear so yeah, for these upcoming shows you know, get a taste of it. we'll
0: sneak some into the evergrey show we'll sneak some into the overkill show we'll sneak some into the mm-hmm. sanctuary show and, and probably some different ones at each show that people have never heard so mm-hmm. you know we're because we're not on a label, we don't have to be afraid of it leaking, or it's like who cares if it but leaks? Like
5: yeah, it's more or less just, we just want, not looking to be like this superstar, you know, rock gods or any of that crap. It's looking, we looking just want somebody that wants that believes in Vermithrax, that's maybe outside of Vermithrax, mm-hmm. and would and can push us or help us, you know, so that we can just do what we want to do, you know what I mean? And maybe help they can help do, you know, we can help them right. by giving them a product that they want. That I mean that's 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 bottom line I guess for what we where we've been with this, but um, I think ultimately uh, when it does come out I think people will be pretty happy with it. If you like what you've heard from Burnmouth Darks, I can't see. I mean it and we were talking about progressive. We got some all out thrashers on this one and uh, so I mean so there's going to be a mix uh, on that. Yeah, there's definitely be a, a mix blast. of
1: 7 and 6 string stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So it's I mean it's I mean so would be a fair 7 to say this is everything you've done in the past has led to this moment. And Oh
0: yeah, so yeah yeah at this point yeah yeah, yeah. yeah at this point and yeah. even more towards the bands that we were influenced by now more than ever so you mm. I mean there's definitely moments where even I go that's got like that old sanctuary feel or that's got that forbidden feel or you know all those bands that we loved so yeah. that's what we want you know so it is it is exciting that it's going to come out and it is it is cool that we have little pieces and snippets, mm-hmm. and, and when we play it live, that's the best. Reason, that's the best time nice. to go. How is this going to do? Because we haven't had one yet where it's been a dog. Everyone that we've played out, and we've played a bulk. We played more than half this album out previously here and there. Um, that's the one. that Somebody comes up and goes, "What was that third song? That's the best song you guys do." That's one of our new ones. And the next show, it's a different song, and they're coming up saying the same thing. So it's like, okay, we're. We're reaching people, right. even if it's different people, that's great, I don't, you know.
3: Well, more different people. Right, that diversity's
0: good. That's why Queen Trek was a good show for us, right. because we weren't yeah, so, typical for that genre, you know what right. I mean? We were a little heavier than probably most <laughs> would have expected, but that was one of the, you know, much like the Metal Church show, those yeah, were I mean. two huge responses, you know, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, We've we got, got a real good reception. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, that's great and then that inspires you to like, okay, we need to keep forging forward, right. you know. So, really, we kind of do shows to just keep ourselves inspired and to to maybe learn some some technique that we want to put into the next song that we write and so we're not going to we're continuing to write even though the album's written right. so that we the have, next one shouldn't be far behind. We have um,
5: we have a couple of songs that are not recorded that won't be on this record that are are getting completed you know mm-hmm. as we uh so we, and we've been jamming them on and off so cool. Cool. just so that we have a we're moving forward
1: Got to p- keep a on plet- writing. a plethora yeah. of material it can't be a period i was like ah <laughs> oh, let's let's take a break i when i'm at home i'm you know vamping on ideas right. at home and you know recording everything i do no matter what it is even if it sucks right. i record <laughs> it you know there could be i could be playing all day long come up with riffs and there might be only one good riff in that whole day
3: but yeah, I mean, you know got got to put it all down. It's, right. it's the brainstorming yep. process
0: and, and if it isn't good, we'll tell him. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't take it No, he people. doesn't. Right. No, yeah. actually that that's been a big part of this the, the 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 chemistry of this band is that nobody takes anything personally, which is rare, which is really weird because right. growing up like that was never the case. You always had somebody taking stuff like the wrong way or, you know, or you I don't know whatever whatever the whatever the reasons were we're in this thing like we're all friends we all get along we all like hanging out together right. like this is our time away from all the other crap that's we deal with in life you know and uh so it's it's our escape so we come here and we have fun and and, you know, we can laugh and go, oh, my God, don't play that again, ever again. Don't ever, don't ever play don't that, that ever, riff ever again. Yeah, Scott, no what you do, you yeah. never strum those notes again in my presence. And that has happened. <laughs> you know, like Pink Ponies came in the room and danced around, and we were like, get that <laughs> riff out of here. This <laughs> is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. That was bad for circus music. <laughs> So yeah and then uh, you know then we we're, we're, we're psyched to then we write that song that next song and we're always like this is the best song we've ever done you know and everything every band feels that way you know you write that next song and if it's if it's awesome you're psyched to play that one and exactly. we're getting to that point now where it's like we have to really pick and choose what we're going to play at shows because we have a, a much more material than we had in the past and well, that keeps you know, every show
3: fresh too then if you have that you know, being able to pick and choose and it gives me a lot more homework.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Except, yeah, keep busy Steve busy. <laughs> we like to make sure Steve's always busy on something.
5: It's like, Steve, have you heard this song before? I've never even heard this song before. Well, we're playing it
3: right. in a couple of weeks. So. Well, it's 18 minutes long, you better learn it. So you guys got some, that uh, hard. got some big shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, September 4th, I believe, is the next one with uh, Evergrey. Yeah. Um, talk about the shows coming up in
0: well, the Evergreen ones—the Evergreen ones—more of a personal thing, right. For me, just because we've been friends for a long time, um, I, you know, I did a little, a little track, did a little singing on the new Evergreen album, um, and that was Tom and I were, were talking about that, and uh, that was cool. That was really fun. It was it wasn't anything big. It was just fun because I did something with friends of mine, you know, right. on the side, and and then when I heard they were going to do this tour. And their their tour manager, their booking agent, I should say, um, Milton, uh, who's been working with Prague Power, so I kind of know him sideways. Um, he's a really good guy, and and talking to him and finding out what he's trying to do, and he's booking these t- he's booking tours that no one else, most of the people in this country, are afraid to book, but they're really cool tours. And this one's cool because. Um, Voyagers from Australia, they've played Prog Power. They were one of those bands that nobody had heard of, and then they played, and everybody in, at Prog Power was like, holy shit, these guys are amazing. Like, oh, my God, where do they come from? And they're fairly young. Mm-hmm. Evergrey had that same effect on people. Every time they play, it's like a religious experience for an audience. Like, a, I watch people get converted from who's Evergrey to I have to buy everything they have, you know? Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then they've got a band from Canada, who's coming with him as well, right, and Borealis, Borealis, yeah, and then uh, Oceans of Slumber, slumber. I don't know why, that. the last part, they're from Texas, so, um, and then, and just talking to Milton, he wanted to book a Pittsburgh date, and we just, he was like, you know, I was like, that's a big bill, and he's like, you know, Vermithrax can be on that, like, that would be cool, and I was like, you know, we'd we'd like that too, that'd be cool, Um, just because Usually when I play, when I've played the same shows as Evergrey, I've been doing my own thing, and and so it's cool. I'm going to get to you know hang with them, and um, so it's really a it's a personal show for me, right. and, I, and I'm psyched to see them. Anybody that misses the show in this area is, is is a fool because I'm telling you, they will the people that go to this are going to leave and go. I am so absolutely blown away at what I just saw. I, it's very rare that. There's this many really cool bands from all over the world touring at once. Mm-hmm. That would ne- there's there's no agents that are going to book this tour in the states except for a few people with some huge sets of balls, you know. And Milton did it. And honestly, it's already people are already pumping up this tour. Yeah. You know, they're ending it or or within this tour they're playing Prague Power. Right. Like that's part of the tour. Um, so that's kind of how it gets set up. Is you know Glenn from Prague Power is paying the bands. To, he's flying them over here. It's like, then the negotiation is, if they're gonna do a tour, how much of that is he helping with, as far as getting them here, and and that's where that comes in. So there's a lot of negotiation, and a lot of like, he's all about it, but there are times where he wants something specific for the festival only, like he may, may make, a band play this album from beginning to end if they play the festival they could do all the other shows they want on this tour but they can't play that album from beginning to end you know and uh, he's really smart at coming up with just amazing stuff like that whether it's the guys from Sabotage which you know they just did Vodka and it's this big deal that they they played together and it's like they've played Prog Power like multiple times because it's Glenn's favorite band so you know John's like a like his big brother at this point <laughs> it's really pretty funny and he's he's a staple for prog power like we I, I can't even tell you how many times i'm hung out with john just and he's the nicest guy in the world like yeah, all those yeah. guys are so you know it's it's really cool to see somebody put together this tour have it be part of prog power and so for me that's all personal and then for us it's just it's a cool thing on the resume you exactly. know exactly it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool band. And Mr. Smalls is a cool place. Oh, yeah. And oh, this, yeah. this is actually our I first show that, of Mr. Right? Smalls. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and that's something we've been talking to George at Mr. Smalls for a while. About, like, hey, when should we set something up together? And it was always, like, putting together something local. And then this came, and I kind of threw it in his lap and said, what do you think? And he was about it, and we were about it. And so cool this will be an exciting time just oh, to play. Okay. a really cool, That's a great room. What an awesome... As far as the look and the feel and the vibe, there's that's a hard room to be. Like it's yeah. being that huge church that it is and now that they've done all those remodels to it, it's such an awesome venue. Like yeah. the soundboard, they just got like amazing gear now, so you know, I'm psyched to see other bands there as well. Yeah, you know, I saw Devin Townsend I think last year in Guar, um, with Corrosion. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And every show usually sounds pretty damn good in that place, so
3: yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that show. Then you guys got
0: Over, Overkill, Overkill, yeah. Oh god, you know what? I, I feel bad. I don't even happy. know all the bands on the Overkill Bill. Hairside? Hair yeah. Okay. And Conflict Cycle. Is that the name of yes, that yeah, band? You're right. Okay, so um, and they're local too. And Forbidden always does really well in Pittsburgh. And they play Altar. Oh, okay. What's that? Overkill. Overkill. What did I just say? Forbidden. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Yes. They do well, too. Get your asses here, Forbidden. Um, <laughs> yeah, Overkill. What the hell? I'm looking out at that sign. <laughs> it says Forbidden on it. So I keep looking up there. It's like, I see, yeah, Overkill. Overkill absolutely destroys Pittsburgh. Yeah, Whenever I mean, they yeah. play, that altar bar is just, you can't even move. Yeah, exactly you can't that. get a baseball card in that place between people. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be... There's people just hanging from the rafters. I love that. And it's so cool that Overkill still has that draw. they got to be one of the most
5: intense live bands. Is that one in September are. also? That's, mm. September.
0: September 21st, right? Or 20th? 21st? 20th. It's right around there. Yeah, Very we'll, we'll there.
3: Uh, have the dates up on
0: the. <laughs> yeah, awesome. you got the
3: Sanctuary also coming in. Yeah. No, I think there.
0: that's the 20th. That's October, October 20th. That's yeah. October, yeah. right. So that means yeah. uh, then Overkill is the 21st so that's of September. To curse the wicked. Sanctuary's got this cult following too, because mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like Overkill, we just know, is just going to sell out. It always does. They do. Right. They have this huge show. Sanctuary was like do enough people in Pittsburgh know who Sanctuary is? And it was funny because as soon as it was announced, boom, there was like a bunch of people going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Like a lot, a lot of oh, people yeah. that I know Thank were like, we're going. Even people that I didn't even think would ever know who Sanctuary was. So whether it's they knew who Nevermore is and recognized the fact mm-hmm. that Nevermore came from Sanctuary, so you're basically getting that, you know, you're getting world day world no matter what. Right. Um, you know, or if it's people that just literally loved Sanctuary back in the day, which that's where I'm from, you know, that was... That the first album was awesome. The second one was kind of like twisted into form to me, where it was like, yeah. "Oh my God, who is this band? This is progressive, heavy. I don't even know what to like." That was that same time frame where amazing music was coming out. So, new albums, and then yeah, the new album's, the, yeah, awesome the new album's pretty awesome. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah.
2: So I yeah, haven't lost it.
0: And that's the same producer as the new Queen's track album. Right. That's Chris Harris. Well, it,
3: uh, yeah, it sounds like you guys got a lot. You know. Working on the CD, writing the songs. You got some great shows coming up. Any chance that you ever do any type of like touring outside
0: of Pittsburgh? You guys. We just we it? just <laughs> turned one down. We just had one. It was it was but what? honestly, yeah, yeah. By the way, we just turned one down. You guys. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, it was like uh it was only a week long, but it was a band that we want to play with. That's got some people that were influenced by in the band, and. The timing was just, it's, just it's, it's immediate like it's next yeah. month and we were like you know what we got these other shows happening to, and literally it would be like we're doing this show and then we're, we're do- doing the tour before that show stopping doing one show and then doing oh, you know hell. pretty much yeah. kind of like that and then it was, it was just a matter movie. of getting everybody together and the week that I was <laughs> talking about this happening um one of the members of the band wasn't available to right. even reply and i can't go we're gonna do it unless everybody's got their hands in right. and i can hear from them and so it was kind of an unbalanced moment <laughs> yeah I thought, I thought that
5: was me yeah, I, was, I, was, I was i was out of town and uh
0: where i was was it was hard for me to, to do anything. Right. But. Um, the only one that gets uh, signal out there is Bigfoot. Right. So, so, he's so, like, yeah. so I see this
5: tour poster. I'm like, oh, I'm all fired up. And he goes, yeah, we just turned that one. What? Yeah. I was like, what are you guys doing? Uh, but another one will come. You know, yeah, definitely. We,
0: uh, that, that was the start. That was the first one that was like, hey, how about this one? And it was really good. And, and I'm going to go support it regardless right. you know, of us playing or not, because yeah. I want to see that band, and they're really good. And um, Did they have a Pittsburgh date? No, they they did a. It was going to be a Pittsburgh date or a Baltimore date, and they picked Baltimore. Um, but had we done it, it would have been the yeah, Pittsburgh date. So,
5: but overall, I mean, <clears throat> as far as us going on the road or anything like that, that's that's pretty much. Um, it's hard to you know hard to really think about how we're going to do that or at, at our you know we need to get the record done and everything like that. But if you know if something would come together. <clears throat>
0: Mm-hmm. It was the right situation. I, I think we could all. That's it. If it was the right bands, the right yeah, situation, right we'd situation. figure what we needed to do to make those yeah. things happen. But we're not going to go on a two-year right. tour. We just. Yeah, we're not, we're gonna, not at that place uh, in our lives. We're not, right. not, not know. Know. <laughs> Battlecross or some of these younger guys that are. They could go on the road and live on the road. Like right. they can do it's that. Just awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we are going to go to Europe though. That is the plan. The whole one of the right. one of the goals is to make sure that we do a lot of these open air festivals in Europe right. and stuff so fucking. I mean yeah.
5: like it's one of those things about product, you know, if our product can put if if we write the songs or you know, we right. can put the product together that's going to put us on the road. Right. Then we're going to allow us to do it. Right. right. It. Then then you know what? We're
0: going and, uh, but, but if it doesn't we didn't earn it so we're not going and that's right. we're not so going we to the next one we got to <laughs> run another album. right right that's all that means you going to anybody or you know or try
5: to get on this or tag along on that you know it's a, if if we it'll be based on our merit and i think that that's um one of the great things about being in this band we're on that same page it's cool you cool. know there's nobody pushing to you know that has like something that they need to complete a journey in their life where they need to live on the road for a month you know right. um you know it's it's just a it's a it's just a cool situation where if it's the right thing then uh, we'll do it
3: cool well i want to thank you guys for taking the time to talking to us it's has uh, been a real pleasure and uh wish you guys all the luck in the world yeah, yeah. thanks for thank having you. us thanks for right. having us all right thanks Okay, I'd like to thank the guys in Vermont Racks for inviting me out to their space to talk to them. Great group of guys, great band. Hope to see a lot more of them in the future. Again, the opening for Evergrey, September 4th at Mr. Small's Borealis Voyager. Oceans of Slumbers also on that bill. They'll be playing with Overkill at the Alder Bar on September 21st and with Sanctuary at the Alder Bar on October 20th. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you got any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash iron city rocks follow us on twitter at twitter.com forward slash iron city rocks and check out our instagram at instagram.com forward slash iron city rocks till next time thanks for listening